0: Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy New Week. I'm super, super excited to be here with my gorgeous, amazing author, Jane Arlett, who wrote a book, A Big Little Business. Shall we, Jane? Yes, I love it. Um, I am very excited to be talking to you today because I have read this book cover to cover. And we're talking just a bit, bit earlier about the workbook, with it, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I'm very, very excited to, for you to share from your own, you know, with your own words, um, some of the insights and gold that you have put into this book. So, um, without further ado, I'm going to do it your official introduction. And then we're going to get stuck into the, our little interview here. So guys, Jane is one of North Queensland's most prominent business women and has been actively involved in the local business community for the, over, for the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. Jane built her business, a group of businesses in allied health and um, retail from startup through to $10 million turnover before selling it to a large multinational company. So whilst building her businesses, she had a parallel career as a board director with large organizations with over $1 billion turnover, helping her develop and refine a high-level strategic mindset. So Jane now operates a business growth and strategy consultancy, helping other businesses achieve that sustainable growth. She grew her career through the times of breaking the glass ceiling. Uh, and is passionate about supporting women to have their voice and to succeed. She's actively involved in mentoring programs to support uh, women in business. So she has authored now her first book, Big Little Business. Uh, It came out December 2020 release and is about to release a six week week Grow Your Own Little Business course. Wow, that's that's an amazing bio, Jane. Thank you so much for being with us this morning.
1: Thanks, Nat, and I think I have to get you to introduce me everywhere I go. That sounded
0: wonderful. So <laughs> <thank> you, <Nat. laughs> I'll do a recording for you. <laughs> you can play it. I love it. Beautiful. So um, let's make it relevant, I guess, to, to this world of authoring because you've worked with many different businesses of all shape, sizes and, and with solopreneurs and massive companies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you recently became an author yourself. And a lot of the time when I meet new authors, um, you know, they just think I just want to write a book. They don't think that actually your book is your business, which yes. is I tend to say as well. So can you give me your, you know, kind of viewpoint on that?
1: Yeah, look, thanks, Nat. It's so important. I must say I have. Uh, a lot of your authors and some other authors as well that have uh, reached out to me and purchased the book and going through this but aside from the authoring journey um, solopreneurs people that just are on their own often just don't think that they are a business they just it's what they do it's what they love and it's a hobby and I think that applies very much to authors most of us write a book because we have got some knowledge or some skill or a message that we want to share and that's kind of the intent in the early stages but you know I always say to authors if you want to sell at least one book then you are a business if you want to just give them away then that's a you know a pleasant lovely thing to do but most people do have to there is a cost to producing a book and most of us do have to recoup some of that cost so if you're planning on selling at least one book you are a business and you will do a lot better if you treat it as such Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember very early on in my career one in my authoring career um, another author reached out to me and she had bought 500 books uh, in her first print run, and uh, I think she still had about 400. I have had quite a lot of authors contact me from, from both yourself, uh, your program, and some other authors as well. And my words to authors is that if you plan on selling at least one book, um, then you're a business, and your business will grow uh, if you start to treat it like that. If you just treat it like I've written a book and, and uh, just expect it to sell itself, um, 99.9% of the time that's not going to happen. And I remember in the very early stages, a, a author reached out to me and she had purchased, I think, 500 books in her initial print run um, and she still had about 480 of them. Uh, in her home and uh, you know she was really at a wits end and she really needed to to get them out from a financial perspective as well as obviously getting her message out there so we started to go through this process with her and get her to think about you know what what being a business meant to her and and what her intent was um, and all of a sudden she's starting to get speaking gigs and starting to get the message out there which is wonderful so and again I think it's really important to recognize that authors, go down their authoring journey for very different reasons. Some of us have got, you know, I mean, for me, it was a supplement for my business and a very important one, which has been great, which we might chat about a little bit more later. But for a lot of people, they've just got information or knowledge that they want to share or they've had a life experience that they want to share and, and that's fine. But as I said, if you're planning on selling at least one, then you need to treat it like a business.
0: Yeah, I love it. And what are some of the things that you have been doing with your book now that it's been out, like you know, how do you how do you use it as a supplement to your business?
1: Um, look, there's been quite a lot, Matt. <laughs> I must say, um, it really has been quite busy. I was fortunate enough that the uh, forward of my book is written by uh, Dr. Glenn Richards, who's um, from uh, Green Cross Bet's fame. Uh, he's a fellow that I know, he's a Townsville person as well, and we worked together back in the 90s when we were both establishing our businesses. So I've known and kept in contact with Glenn all of these years. And when I uh, was ready to write my book and thought, who can I get to write a forward? And I thought, well, he's one of the most successful business people in Australia, obviously from Shark Tank fame as well, Australian Shark Tank investor. And uh, yeah, he was, it was it's interesting because I know him quite well, and, and I'm sure he gets asked to do an awful lot of these things. So I said, uh, he, he just said, me a copy first before he would commit yes or no and so I sent him a copy he read it cover to cover on the beach at Noosa when he was on holidays and uh, he emailed back and said absolutely I'll write it for you so we were very lucky that he came up for the launch of my book and we had a fairly big um, launch with all the business people of of our region
0: Mm. and that went
1: really well and then from that there's been so many other opportunities so I've got my little whiteboard over here and I've, I've I've got a, I just gave a a talk on resilience and growth for businesses because Townsville's been through some fairly, you know, fairly significant flood a couple of years ago and then COVID and we get cyclones, et cetera. So that was on that. I've got a talk on Friday, I'm giving and another one sort of next week. So, you know, there's lots of speaking opportunities, uh, which I was doing to some degree before, but certainly that's opened up. Um, And yeah, just getting the book out there and and particularly, uh, we're now turning it into a couple of courses. So we're launching a six week um, course shortly. And uh, that'll be a really combination of theoretical but also very practical advice.
0: So. Nice. So so is it going to be an online course or...? Yes, what we will. We'll move
1: towards course. that. So I, I guess I see doing a um, face-to-face course as, um, uh, yeah, just the initial and then w- make sure that we're really on point with what everybody wants and delivering the right sort of information. And yep. definitely we'll look at converting that into an online course, which will probably be in combination with the uh, Zoom support as well.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think, fully just online nowadays is um it's i mean it's your dream like passive income passive income but i believe some touch points where you yeah. have a weekly q a and maybe an yeah. interactive group where people can connect with into a community and tap into it is really really important because um they're all of the things that i've been a part of other people's online courses that i've received and that extra value is um, second to none so tell me I'm um, in big um, I've read the book cover to cover and uh, my team and I actually took ourselves away to for a conference in March and we printed off the come uh, I guess the workbook that you talk about uh, that comes alongside this um, and we said we're going to do this for our conference and uh, follow Jane's framework of how she teaches stuff and we asked look at all the questions we answered we filled everything out got okay, well. the whole day we were just sitting there and um Just working through all the questions and all that but tell me like then what are some strategies or that you can share you know like i guess some gold nuggets of how solopreneurs can start thinking a little bit more like a big business
1: yeah, Nat. Look, I think it's just so important to to just set the foundations right. And you're you're in the book. Chapter one and chapter two are the the keys. Uh, yeah. and, if, and chapter one is the workbook. Um. So I was really excited. I mean, I, I know that you you read the book cover to cover. You said that to me when you you got it, which was great. Thank you, because I know you get an awful lot of books. <laughs> read um, but the fact that you downloaded the workbook and went through it with your team is, is wonderful so so um, you know I've, I hope that added value and, and
0: that's what I said to them read chapter if you can't read the whole book at least read up to the end of chapter two yeah <laughs>
1: you'll be all right you'll
0: we'll be able to work through the worksheets
1: they're the foundations now do you want me to do a quick screen share yeah, might awesome. just visualize helping uh, what I'm talking about so I'm very values-based and so I will always talk about we start with your business values, which starts with your personal values. And so that's what that workbook talks people through. And it's a free workbook that uh, you can download. uh, Once you've got the book, you can download uh, from there. Um, And then the purpose. And a lot of people in business talk about vision statements and mission statements and so on and so forth. And people get really confused as to what they are. As an FYI, Fundamentally, a mission statement is what we're sort of working on and and achieving right now. And a vision statement is maybe a bit more futuristic, but everyone's got their own definition of that. I ditch them both and I just have a purpose statement. What's the intent? Why are we here? What's our business about? And what is it that we want to achieve? Once you've got those, everything filters through that. So anything, any opportunity that you're faced with is filtered. Firstly, is it consistent with my values? And if it's not, we don't go there. Uh, If it is, then is it consistent with our purpose statement? And if it is, then we can proceed. And then down, once we've got those set, and it really is worth spending quite some time getting that right, once we've got that, um, you know where you're heading and and that's the key. Um, Beneath that then we can have the pillars of our business. So for an author, it might be selling books, it might be, doing public speaking events to get your message out there and it might be you know in my case a face to face course and then an online course so you then start to segment out what elements of your business is it important that you focus on Because, you know, unlike my lovely lady that was sitting there with 500 books in the, in the, in the, or 480 books in her garage, she was just waiting. You know, she only had one pillar, which was book sales, but she didn't have anything else to actually generate those book sales. And so once we started to get those other pillars in line, that worked really well. And the foundations are the things that you do and the things that you know in terms of, uh, you know, having a book, for example, and then having the knowledge and having having a training course or being able to publicly speak or, or whatever. And I should say on that, not everybody wants to do public speaking and not everybody wants to sell a huge amount of books. But that's where starting with that little sort of um, image and coming back to, you know, what is it? What is my purpose? And what is it that I'm trying to achieve with my book is really, really, really helpful. Mm. so that's where i start and then the next thing that just quickly to go on from from there is chapter two which is uh, the big business thinking. And so once you've got, you've got to do the first one first. So once you've got your intent and so on and so forth, um, then we start to look at this structure. And this is where people probably do get a little confused because they go, oh, you know, it's just me. And I yeah. say, absolutely, it is just you if you're an author. I mean, I'm, I'm a solopreneur, just so, so everybody knows. I don't have a team of people behind me. I did when I had my suite yeah. of businesses, but right now it's just me. Um, And we always, this is a a normal sort of organisational structure. Now, we always start down here and then we come up here. And so essentially what we're looking at is in business, even as an author, you are the chief financial officer of your business. You are the operations officer of your business, the marketing manager and the people manager. And then together, you all are the CEO. Now, it's, it's you in all of these boxes. But I'm very big on people segmenting their thought patterns out Because if you're not taking time as a business author, business owner, to Mm -hmm. think about the money side of your business, Mm -hmm. then how are you going to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. And again, the the, the other slide comes first. You've got to know what your purpose and your intent is. Uh, And again, operationally, what are we doing to get the message out there? What are we doing if we do want to go and do a talk? What do we have to do operationally to make that happen and so on? Marketing, this is all our social medias. and, And again, speaking and so on is part of the marketing. And people manager, which a lot of people, solopreneurs and authors forget about, that's actually how are our people. And you know, if you're an author, your people are you, but you do have to make sure that you look after you and have that self care and and um, make sure that you're functioning. So that's just a little very, very brief sort of overview of some of the, the structure, but to me, it starts with that that first slide, getting your values and your purpose right, the intent, what do you want? And I often say to people, what does success look like for you? Because for some people it's selling a million books and it's doing public talks and it's having 10 courses. But yep. for most of us it's not. For most of us we just want to get the message out there. But be really clear on your intent and then we can start to set a pathway to achieve that.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I loved how you talked about when you do... Is it's only you in those um, um in the organizational structure but you t- talked about the metaphorical hats you got to put on and the questions that you have to ask and i think i've got the little handouts about the questions for each yep. of the metaphorical hats and actually vivi uh, suggested we should put our caps on and put like ceo and all that we were gonna do something we never got to it but it's gonna you know uh, and we also actually thought about um because we're not one person we've actually probably have enough for, for each category so we kind of thought about like Stuart is the marketing manager and you know I would be the CEO and Vivi um, and Julie more the people uh, customer service kind of stuff but um, you know we kind of said even though we need to think and talk about all of these, these different things but we, when you're on your own absolutely um, mm-hmm. there's such different questions you got to ask yourself for each of those different roles isn't there
1: They are, and that I talk at the end of the book um, where I had that situation. Uh, I use an example in in when I had my podiatry practice, and I had a really, really valued staff member that came to me and said that that they wanted to set up a different element of the business, and it it wasn't. It was something that she had skills in. It wasn't core to our podiatry business. and my first glance, I mean, I'm busy, you know, I was running a team, you know, I had probably about 60 staff at that stage and we had, you know, three sort of core businesses and a couple of other little businesses. Yeah. So I was busy and, and, you know, this staff member comes to me with an idea which is really out of the box. And my initial instinct would be, no, that doesn't make sense to us. It's not part of our core business. Um, but when I stopped and reflected on that, and I will say pause is a really important <laughs> technique yes. to use. I learned that from Dr Jo Lukens, one of our, one of our other wonderful Townsville authors, uh, through you. Um, and she talks about there's an incident and you can react, or we can have an incident, pause, and then you can choose your response. And that's something that I really just love, that little pause. So when this staff member came to me with this new idea, I stopped and I paused and I went back through and I'll just do that screen share again on that. So I actually put my little hats on. This was some years ago. And I went, okay, so financial officer, can I make money out of this? And I sat down and did the analysis and and we we could. Um, Operations, what do we have to do operationally? Um, you know, not a lot. We had to do some training, and we had to set up. We had to spend a bit of money to to reorganize the build, business and so on and so forth. But that was easy. Marketing: Can we market it? Yes, we could market the heck out of this because she had a very high profile in this area. Um, and people manager: What do we need to do? We'd have to free her up. We had other staff members that could free her up so she could go and do this training and, and deliver it. And so, you know, once I actually stopped and broke up my thinking according mm. to these different elements, it was actually a pretty easy decision to make. And mm. Even though, you know, it's so always, I should have put that first slide up first. It needs to be filtered through values. It was very consistent with our values. Yeah. It wasn't typically consistent with our purpose, but you know what? We changed the purpose slightly mm-hmm. to include this other element. So, and that's the other thing I'd say is that when you set a plan, some people go, Oh, I don't like to be constrained by plans and rules and all of this. And I go, You know what? You own the plan. Mm-hmm. So, if your plan is to go this way and you suddenly find it's not working for you, change it. Yeah. Um, but at least you've got a direction as you go. And I often quote Alice in Wonderland where Alice is walking through um, the forest and she comes to a junction in the pathways and the um, Cheshire cat comes out and um, she says, tell me which pathway should I take, which is the right path? And the Cheshire cat said, "Well, where do, tell me first, where do you want to go? And Alice says, well, I don't rightly know. And the mm. Cheshire cat said, well, if you don't really know, any road will get you there. And yeah. I think that's how a lot of us do our authoring journey. Like we don't really know what our intent is. We sort of write the book and it's great and it's all fun when it first comes out. But what's your intent? And so if you set your intent, which is that first sort of values, purpose, pillars type thing, then it's much easier to head in that direction and make sure everything you do is consistent and that's when you'll achieve your purpose.
0: No, I love it. I love it. I remember that story of you sharing and then that particular strategy worked out really well once you guys implemented it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Beautiful. So let's move on talking about the magic budget. Tell me about oh, the magic, magic. budget. <laughs> Take a sip out of your coffee. And I'm just going to check in also on uh, if we have any comments here uh, on my other computer. But, yeah, I'd love to know what are some yeah. of the things you suggest. Look-
1: I'm very much a numbers girl. I mean, I you know, I come from an allied health background and very much, you know, caring for people is very much at my core and what I do, but I learned very early on in business life that I'm actually quite good at the numbers and I quite enjoy the numbers and a lot of people get quite frightened by that. I work with a lot of businesses uh, apart from authors, from, as I said, solopreneurs and startup you know, real techie startup type guys through to, you know, larger companies with a national footprint. But I can tell you the... Med- vast majority of people do not operate from a budget and to me that's the intent once you get up to around a three million five million dollar turnover most of them will there but certainly the young the littler ones and even with a couple of million dollar turnovers so many businesses don't have a budget and if you don't have a budget firstly how do, you know, how do you know when you, you know, what does success look like to you? And for a lot of people, there has to be a financial element of that because you've got to, you know, at the very least pay yourself a wage and pay if you've got staff, pay them a wage and you've got to be sustainable. So you have to have a budget for that. Um, and if you don't have a budget, how do you know, how do you track how you're going? But once people, once I can get people to have a look at their what they're actually spending money on and then set some intent to that. So, you know, how many books are we selling in a month or a year or whatever, and how many do we want to sell? And so once you set that again, that's having the intent of your business and understanding what success looks like to you, then we can get off our bums and go and do it. So I I literally say to people, I want you to have a monthly budget and I want you to in your CFO and your CEO meeting, which you should be having, um, you should be having those CFO type meetings weekly with yourself. And then you have a CEO meeting with yourself monthly. Yeah. And that was that agenda thing that you held up there. Yeah. That once a month, you need to track where you're heading. Weekly mm-hmm. is too, too tight a time frame to track too much. But monthly, definitely. So my intent was to sell, you know, 10 books this month or 100 books this month yeah. or whatever it is for you or a course or 10 courses or whatever. And then we check ourselves against that. And the strategic questions there is that let, let's say I said that I want to sell 20 books this month. And I get to the end of the month and I've sold none. So the strategic questions are, what what most people will do is just go, damn, I had a bad month, but that's not okay. We've got to go, why didn't I achieve Mm -hmm. my budget? And most importantly, what am I going to do about that? Because the monthly budget, of course, comes up to the end of year budget. So we we have a monthly budget, but we've got a whole of year budget. And if you're missing budget regularly, it's easy to go, oh, look, I just had a bad month. Oh, I just had another bad month. I just had another bad month. But they add up. And so it's really important that we keep ourselves on that path as we go. So honestly, um, that setting a budget, and I call all budgets the magic budget, because once we get people using them and using them well, it just changes your life. And I've got a lady I'm working with now, not an author, but, um, you know, you can see now she's hungry um, to get the budget because she knows I'm going to check in with her at the end of the month and say, how are you going, Jackie? (laughs) so um yeah so you know it 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 encourages you to get out and do something about selling those 20 books or whatever it is that you want to do
0: makes it specific and measurable doesn't it um absolutely rather than you're not just going on a feeling you're going on a on fact (laughs) if you like exactly
1: yeah. and as i said when you go on feeling and again you know if if people out there going oh god i've never even thought about a budget that's okay because as i said most businesses don't so i don't want anyone to beat themselves up about that i want people to recognize that that's a very common scenario um but yeah you know it's very easy for us to make excuses to ourselves um and so once you've got a budget and you've got numbers to track yourself against you yeah. can't really excuse that away
0: no, it's right, black and white, right in front of you. I remember earlier on in my journey, I used to, I think overset, you know, the goals and all that. What, do you have any tips around that? Like, because I, I, I've known how to pull back and what, how to do it, like, you know, calibrate myself and the business correctly. Mm-hmm. Any
1: thoughts around that? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, you know, hands up, that's me too. I'm, uh, you know, an overachiever and I think in the, the early years I would set some really unrealistic goals and I think the key thing again is set yourself a goal. When I do a budget, I always do the budget for the year first and then break it up to the monthly budgets and when I report monthly to myself on how I'm going, I'll yes. report on how did I do this month, but I'm also reporting year to date. And so if I can see over a period of, three or four or five months I'm just simply not hitting my budget then that lets me have a good hard talk with myself have I overestimated um, and set myself up for failure which isn't good Yeah. or am I just being lazy and not getting off my ass and actually you know doing the work that needs to get done so either way but it just allows me to either take action and get out there and say no no more excuses Jane get out there and, and get this hit your budget yeah. Yeah. or you know what, I am actually working really hard and I'm not hitting my budget, so I need to pull back or I need to come up with some other innovative idea to help me get there. But it just allows you to reflect. So in terms of how do you stop yourself setting an unrealistic budget, you, you probably need to set what you want for the first, yeah. you know, but you're monitoring it. And if you if you can hit it occasionally, you know, I hit it this month and not the next month, and then I hit it for two months and not for another month, that's okay. That means that you've just got to, those down months. We've got to sort of... Yes. change it up a little bit if you're capable of hitting a budget you're capable of hitting it mm. but if it's just if you're just never hitting it then it's probably the wrong budget for you
0: yeah well yeah I, I tend to use the word calibrating myself like you know to figure out where i'm at and yeah then you get to uh, you know i think with experience and when you're brand new you're you're still just testing the waters what am i what yeah. i stand for like you know a lot of things shift and change but once you yeah. kind of get a little bit more clarity you become quite um you know you can plan and you can predict can't you
1: yeah and you know history is is our best teacher of course so once you've been doing this for a period of time so people that have had their book out for quite some time uh, can actually reflect back on on what they've done Uh, how that's been and the peaks and troughs and whatever. Um, And then they can pull some figures from that. But when you're a brand new author, probably best thing to do is maybe speak to other authors that are same, same to you, you know, and probably other authors. I mean, obviously, you know, when you do your training that, um, you know, you create a nice little community and obviously, you know, you've got lots of nice little Facebook communities. So, I mean, and you're very open with what people can ask. So I'd say just put it out there and ask people, but you want to try and find, as I said, there's a difference between somebody that's already got a, you know, uh, a business already uh, and is out there speaking and doing things, they're obviously going to be very different to somebody that's written a personal um, life experience type story. So, so find people in your sort of niche and ask them what, what they find and what's realistic because I've, I've found everybody within your group is very open and sharing and it's a yeah. really, really wonderful supporting community.
0: And the thing is different people have also different sized networks. Some have been out and about and they have a bit of a profile and other people are just starting out like myself 11 years ago, completely scratched, didn't know anybody and really had to get out there and build the network alongside the book and, you know, build the pillars, everything, uh, you know, from, from there. So you're absolutely right. Don't compare yourself to people who perhaps are not in the same niche or have like, They've been around for 10 years and you've only been around for a few months and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, what about writing the book? How was the process and um, you know, going through this journey? I know you were very, very compliant and diligent with all your dates and timelines and all that kind of stuff. How did you find the journey?
1: Now it was it was 2020 was a big year. Yeah. <laughs> So 2020 was a difficult year. So I I work as a business consultant. And as I said, I I work a lot in the disaster, become a bit of a disaster expert for business recovery. So I worked with a lot of businesses in 2017 post-Cyclone Debbie. And then 2019, we had the Northwest Queensland floods, which were massive. Uh, And then we, um, of course, hit COVID. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of businesses sort of through the ups and downs and 2020 was just massive and because our region had come off the back of several other disasters it was really really emotionally very difficult here I mean it's difficult everywhere and I don't want to belittle anyone else's experience especially not yours down in Victoria because you guys were locked up for ages and we weren't Um, but I had a lot of businesses in a lot of pain um, and it was very uh, you know very difficult you know you can't Help people without taking some of that on, like try to protect myself as best as possible. But it, it was a really, really difficult year. I was crazy busy and dealing with a lot of people in a lot of crisis yeah. situations, which is straining. Um, then I decided to write a book um, in that year as well. Um, thank you, Dr. Joe Lukens. Um, but genuinely, thank you, Dr. Joe Lukens. Um, and also, uh, my partner, Lane, had double knee replacement surgery. And all of that kind of happened at the same time. So I really suggest you don't <laughs> choose to write a book right when everything else is going on. But, you know, by the same token, if you wait for a good time, you'll be waiting forever. But I guess, the what did I, how did I find the process? I found it difficult because I had so much other stuff going on. But I found the structure that you provided very, very good for me. Um, and again, if we come back to, you know, my sort of values and purpose and pillars, you know, you set out that clear sort of line for me to follow and that pathway. Way. And without that, I think I wouldn't have been able to achieve it. Um, so even though it was a very difficult time and I really did struggle to carve out the amount of time that the book deserved, um, I did it. Uh, and the support that you guys offered was just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, Stu was amazing and giving me the framework and the skeleton and so on. So, um, yeah, so I did it and I think I did the, I think I did the course in um, August and we decided to release i remember you said right and you're going live with your pre um pre-release on friday and i said are you kidding me i haven't even bloody written the framework yet like it was really that was very very confronting for me and i thought and it was joe that said to me you know you're committing to do it once you do that once somebody's paid you money then you're going to write the book and and i very much that was it for me and i and you talk about networks and i only put that out on my personal facebook page and i didn't have very many people on my personal facebook page at all like a hundred and something like not even 200 at that stage and um it kind of went nuts and uh, we sold lots and lots of books just in that pre-release and then absolutely the pressure was on and once I've got that sort of commitment I'm absolutely going to fulfill it and again the framework that you guys provided was really useful for me so thank you for that Um, so we got there and we did the release in December bang on bang on schedule
0: yeah yep with a book launch that we needed to get the books in so you know um Glenn would you know be part of it and all that kind of stuff so um amazing and I absolutely love your cover because it's let's take like a photo with your book <laughs> let's go what you hold up yours as well do it on the other side yeah good one um um Absolutely have enjoyed having you part of this. And, of course, I've gotten value from it. I've downloaded the workbook. I've read the book. Um, it's always a good reminder to keep going back to it as well, I think, yes. to um, to reading because things do shift. This is a living and breathing document, if you like, uh, of what you need to keep um, considering yeah. with your business. Um, where can people contact you and get this awesome...
1: They can get it from my website, which is janearlett.com.au, um, and uh, obviously on Amazon and so on and so forth. I I've got it in quite a few bookstores up up north in North Queensland, but uh, haven't ventured too much further than that yet. But probably the website is, is the easiest. But thanks, Ned, on on that conversation too, that you you refer back to it because this is a very easy read. This is not a high-level theoretical book. It's designed yeah. for any little business owner, and the, and it comes from that strategy you spoke about before that I've sat on business boards and i use the strategies that big businesses use but applying it down to our very own little businesses even for solo authors and so on and so forth so it is very practical easy read guide
0: Mm. and thank you so much for connecting it all to authorship because i know a lot of people who watch me want to write books or um, and build businesses behind it and yeah absolutely your book is your business no matter what you think it's just a book i've just written this and all that You're making money. If you get paid twenty or thirty dollars for it, you're, you know, you gotta register that, you gotta declare it, therefore you have a business income there. Amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate your time this morning. And um, and for anyone, just go to janearlett.com.au. There's a name right there, but we'll post it anyway the link. But if anyone is listening to this in a podcast or on a YouTube or whatever, not just today's live. Um, That's how, that's how you get to it. All right. Uh, Amazing guys. Have a wonderful week and you too, Jane, keep smashing it out as I like to say and we'll talk soon. Bye.
1: Okay. Bye.
0: Bye.